Hello and welcome in Team Narwhal 6 Fantasy Football League listeners. It's been a long time since you've heard this voice coming at you in the gym, at work, on the drive, your commute, wherever you are. But we're back, hopefully back for good. I know the pods have been inconsistent. Yeah, I'm your beloved host, probably not so beloved, Stephen Patterson here with everyone's favorite co-host, Eric Colmas. Eric, how we doing, man? I am doing fantastic. I got myself a little whiskey drink. I delayed the pod just so I could get my whiskey drink. Um, but yeah, just excited to be back, making a pod. Um, season starts tomorrow. We're recording this on, on Wednesday night. So Thursday night football tomorrow. Just really pumped to get it going. Starting fantasy with the boys. Always uh, my favorite time of year. So hell yeah. Man, it's great to have you back on. Hopefully, you and I can continue to make time to to get these in every week for <laughs> for the people, guys. People underestimate how kind of hard it is to do this and not sound like morons. I know this one's gonna be a bit off the cuff, but uh, yes. you know we're gonna do just fine and dandy. I think you got whiskey going. I have a great tasting, less filling Miller Lite. Official, official, unofficial sponsor of the podcast. Solid crack. Yeah, if we can eventually get them to sponsor us, that would be lit. Should be easy. So what's new with you, man? Anything uh, anything interesting to talk about before we get into football? Um, Nothing much. Oh, I'm actually, uh, as of I found out yesterday, I'm going with um, Will and his family to the Notre Dame game on Saturday. Oh, let's go. So Dude. we're going we're gonna to tailgate beforehand. The game's at 1.00. So it's going to be a little awkward because I'm going to, I'm probably going to miss – it's going to be kind of weird with the timing of the Iowa-Iowa State game. But, I mean, obviously going to a Notre Dame game in, purpose, uh, in person is going to be, like, the coolest thing ever. So, and it's been a while. That's so sick. I've never been to a game in South Bend. You'll have to pray to Touchdown Jesus for us and all that. Dude, Touchdown Jesus will be prayed to. I will make sure that my super religious self uh, pays respect to the uh, – to the Notre Dame football team, Will you play? <laughs> but they're pl- they're playing Toledo. So I was gonna say I think they're playing Toledo, right? They're like an yeah. eighteen point favorite, something like that. Yeah, should be um, should be a bit of a stomp. Um, but yeah. yeah, just chilling, excited to get uh, NFL football started. Man, same here. Nothing too exciting to talk about. Was considering driving up to Ames on Saturday, but it's just it's it's just tough to do it last minute, man. A lot of stuff going on. But anyway, that's enough about us. Let's go ahead and get into football. We know that's what you gents and maybe ladies want to hear about. So let's get right to it. We'll start with a, a little off-season news and probably the biggest piece of news um, in terms of the Team Narwhal 6 Fantasy Football League is that we all voted and we are now a fab league. So no mm-hmm. longer the traditional waivers we are now a free agent acquisition budget league which is pretty exciting so i'm just going to recap for everyone what that means real quick so as most of you will remember um during the season after a week concludes on monday evening on tuesday you would normally have all day to make your waiver claims where you basically just say i want to add this player and drop any subsequent players that you need to and however the waiver order fell for that week um usually based on the standings they would have 
first crack at it and the waivers would fall sequentially and you would end up with whatever player was still available that was your top selection at that turn. It's the same idea where you'll put your claims in on Tuesday and they'll process Wednesday morning. Um, but now you're just putting a numeric value on it. So if you're last in the waiver order or, you know, would be, you know, if you're still one of the top teams, um, if there's a guy you really want, you can go ahead and blow your entire fab budget on him and go out and get him. So it comes down to how you value that pick on a week to week basis, which I think makes things a little more fair from week to week and gives everyone equal opportunity to place their, their value on a player and you can save up your fab budget, spend it early. Um, it's kind of each owner's discretion, which is exciting. So then those claims will still process Wednesday morning. Um, then the rest of the week you can go out and add people without having, you know, as per usual, then the waiver period is ended and you can go and add drop players without having to put down um, any bids. So that's, that's how it works. Hopefully everyone enjoys it. Um, We all voted for it for the most part. So anything I'm missing there, Eric, on, on fab? Oh, no, I think you explained it well. I think the only thing I would mention is that if I know this is the first time doing it for probably everyone, maybe not Doug or Kyle, but uh, that, if anyone's worried that like it kind of eliminates the catch-up mechanic for someone who's in last place, it really doesn't because, you know, you're going to base your valuation or how hard you're going to go after a guy on how desperate you are for that position, right? So, like, it does eliminate, eliminate to some extent and add a little, little bit more skill. But, um, you know, if you're low in the standings, you know, you you could blow 60% of your fab on one guy if, he's, if you think he's going to be a league winner or more, so – uh, it's just cool because there's a little more strategy. It's not that hard. You can Google, you know, you can Google what, you know, different websites are putting their values on players and stuff and kind of play around with that. Um, and I guess real, real quick, I'd also say that like waiver order basically doesn't matter. If you try and pick up a player for $0, that's when it comes into play. So I would just say like, if you need to get someone, I would put some value on it. Right. <clears throat> so Unless if I say anything wrong there, Stevens, let me know. But that was basically the only thing I got to say. No, you, you nailed it. And your last point was great because ESPN's default is that you have to put it in a $1 bid. I did change that. You can put it in a $0 bid on a player. Yes, you, yeah, you can bid zero. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, then it will go to waivers unless obviously – or the waiver order, quote, unquote, unless obviously someone bid on that uh, player. So. Yeah, that's perfect. And then I, if two people – both bid the same amount i believe that it goes to how traditional waiver order would go is the tie break yes absolutely now that is i feel like that's rare to happen i would highly recommend not just doing a straight up whole number <laughs> but uh no definitely do straight up whole numbers i'm gonna put in six dollars <laughs> when you put in five <laughs> ten dollars exactly so yeah no it's cool i think you guys will like it it'll be dope and you make a great point about, you know, each owner is going to value players differently based on their situation, right? Say you have a running back that gets hurt and you want to, you don't have his handcuff handy higher than someone that didn't have the guy that got hurt, right? You're going to be willing to blow more fab to go get him. Yeah. More absolutely. than likely. Yeah. No, that's awesome. So if anyone has questions about fab, reach out to me or Eric, but that's basically how it's going to work this year. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited to see how everyone bids in this league. I feel like every league I've been in that does fab, it's always different. <laughs> so I'm mm-hmm. excited to see how this group of group of guys approaches, um, you know, valuing players and free agency. It should be a lot of fun and a new dynamic for, for the league. So um, moving on from that, do we have any other off season news to cover Eric? I guess we'll, we have a new league edition. Do we want to address that? 
Yeah, I think, you know, it was one of those things where flatline wasn't really uh, – he was pretty AFK last season, and I don't think any of us have talked to that dude in, like, <laughs> in like a long time. <laughs> so, like, obviously no, no flame, but uh, – and I think everyone seemed like they kind of agreed that uh, replacing him would be uh, not a bad idea. And, uh, yeah, Will's pumped. He's He, he does uh, fantasy. He's not a taco, so um, – It'll he'll be a good uh, contribution to the to the squad and everything like that. So it'll be dope. I, Eric, I didn't even know what state Flatline was living in for the past I don't know how long. Washington, Oregon. Yeah, yeah. I guess he's in Washington now. Yeah. Now, in fairness, I haven't really known what state Doug's been in either. But that's because is New Hampshire really a state? Nah, no, no, it's no. It, I, for me. It was always this. Doug lives somewhere fucking like northeast, like Rhode Island or some shit. I do know for a fact now it's New Hampshire because we talked. Yeah, someone about someone asked me like two months ago where my where Doug was, and I think I said Maine. Sorry, Doug. <laughs> yeah, Maine or like Connecticut. <laughs> I always would think it was yeah. like Connecticut. <laughs> yeah, 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 Vermont, Connecticut, Vermont, Vermont. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> no all, one would it's know all, the difference. It should all be thing. one state for like the ease of, uh, this like us geography challenge folks these are it's a valid valid uh, valid statements all around <clears throat> any other league news you wanted to cover before we move on to our our new segment oh uh, no i think i'm ready let's go all right guys get excited we've got some new segments this year they won't all get rolled out in week one because we've got a draft to recap um but we have a new segment that we're going to try to employ weekly and we're going to have one fun fact or maybe just interesting fact or something stupid about our league and the history of our league. So from years past, obviously, a lot has happened. We've had a lot of different winners, um, things of that nature. So so each each week we're going to try to have at least one fact that Eric or I will come up with related to the Team Not All Six Fantasy Football League history. So I think Eric's got one for us today, and I'll I'll let him take the ropes there. <laughs> I do have one, and I'm not uh, 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 I'm not necessarily uh, giving you, you any newfound information. I'll actually give you Stephen credit for bringing this up. I feel like in the past we brought this up, but. Narwhal history. We've been playing this since, I think, 20, 2015, maybe? 2016? 2014? I don't know. But in 2017, Mr. Speaking of Brandon Lavery, won the league. He was the <laughs> champion. He was the champion of the Narwhal Fantasy Football League. As the champion, this man was 6-7 and seven regular season score with a minus two-point differential. Has that ever happened in in, in fantasy football <laughs> history? That someone who's six and seven, he had the second worst record, had a minus two point differential, and he won the league. Like I don't even uh, like in the playoffs. What who did he beat in the final? He beat Kyle, one twenty two to eighty three. So Kyle had oh my a, god a total a total uh, fail year of a game. He beat me one thirty nine to one thirty one. What? <laughs> and then he beat Doug in round one, one thirty to ninety five. So this man, I mean, respect for the dub, but just obscene levels of uh of luck from from that season. And man, in my bye week, I had one hundred eighty points. <laughs> that's just unbelievable, man. I don't even understand that. It's crazy. The, the, there was only this. This season was so crazy too, because there's only three teams that had a positive point differential. 
me, Kyle, and uh, JJ. We're the only th- – every other team, so three of ten, had positive point differential. Everyone else was negative. <laughs> How is that possible? That also I- doesn't seem feasible. Dude, I have no – I feel like – no, I don't want to get too bogged down. I feel like this is the season where you had a bajillion injuries, and how I know this is because you had 67 roster moves. <laughs> <laughs> that the, has to be a record, right? <laughs> the second most was me and Doug tied at 37 roster moves. Oh, my God. I, like, almost doubled you. Yeah. So, <laughs> anyway, that was my fun fact. I know we, we've brought this up before, but I just had to reiterate how just insane it was that Flatline won this league. Well, uh, what, was, what was Flatline's final roster that he started? Do you have that oh, handy? Oh, yes. Yeah. Final final roster on Flatline. It's 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 terrible. It's His final <laughs> roster is Tyrod Gurley. And remember, we had, we had what year is this, this first? This is 2017, so okay. just try and bring your brain Wait, back he started Ty God? He started Ty, Tyrod, Tyrod Taylor, Todd Gurley. Sorry. So this is when Todd Gurley was good. But then listen to this. Theo Riddick, Brandon Cooks, Adam Thielen, Zach Ertz, Carlos Hyde. That's like, like it's, pre- it's not yeah. like trash. No. <laughs> okay. But now, and obviously not, not you know, obviously I'm going to go back to me here. Look, look, listen to my team. Ben Roethlisberger. So this is when he was good, right? 2017. Yeah. Le'Veon Bell. Zeke Elliott, Michael Thomas, DeAndre Hopkins. Jesus Christ, you were loaded. <laughs> How did you not win? <laughs> I have no idea. I, I bet that, Kyle's that team made... was good, too. Oh, here, let me pull up Kyle's real quick before we move on. And Kyle had – oh, man, this is going to be kind of hard to see. He had Antonio, right. Antonio Brown, uh, Joe Mixon, Devontae Parker, Devarius Thomas, Leonard Fournette. So, Deese. Pretty decent as well. Yeah, but you know, we, Kyle Kyle's always one to uh, set some good lineups. So I can't <clears> believe Ty. Oh, I'm sorry. called Tyrod. Apparently, his name's Tarod. Tarod Taylor. Apparently, oh god, is is a league winning quarterback in 2017. That's just crazy, dude. That's fun. I'm gonna enjoy this segment the rest of the year. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> right on. So that's our new segment. Our fun fact of the week. Thanks to Eric for putting that together. I'll try to have something next week, or maybe we both will. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. we'll do some brainstorming. No doubt. Um, that was a nice trip down memory lane. Glad to know Flatline had a victory before he departed. I'm not even over it. I'm still pissed, dude. Yeah, I'm still me pissed. too. But I'm not as mad as Kyle is putting up 83 in a championship week. Dude, I think Antonio Brown might have gotten hurt because he was on his bench when I was just looking at it. I'm not. I'm not entirely sure though. Oh, probably. That's Ross. Yep. Well, um, let's go ahead and move into our next segment. As many of you know, uh, a couple short weeks ago, we had a draft, a traditional snake draft for this points per reception league. Um, So instead of recapping the whole draft, which would obviously take an eternity here, I think what we're going to do, Eric and I are going to go through and talk about just, um, you know, one or two picks that we feel someone got very good value um, in that round at that pick. Um, And then we'll maybe talk about some of our favorite teams as far as who had um, a favorite overall draft. Does that sound like a good plan to you, Eric? Yes, absolutely. I'm willing to go ahead and get us started. Um, This one's probably obvious because I think I said it on draft day in the chat, and I think most people probably agreed with this. So this might be a – a chalky, we'll, we'll know, duh, Stephen. Obviously, that's a good pick. Round one, pick nine. I don't think he should have fallen this far. 
um, Saquon Barkley. Yep. Really, yep, yeah. Really ended up liking that he went pick nine. To me, he easily could go top five in most drafts, and credit to Brett for not letting him fall any further. I would have been interested to see if he would have made it all, fallen all the way to the second round if no. Brett didn't take him there. I, I think D- Kyler's D- baby legs is taking D- him. Kyler's <laughs> baby legs is going in on Saquon. When he picked that, I'm like, God damn it. Because then Eckler just feels so bad. It doesn't feel bad at all, but it, just, it doesn't feel as good. Anyway, continue. Um, obviously, you know, the, the reason that he's been falling in a lot of drafts, I, I've seen other ESPN mocks and stuff where he's fallen to like round three, which just seems yeah. ridiculous. I got him at um, 11 in our work league. Yeah, people are really low on him, and obviously that's because he's coming off of you know major reconstructive knee surgery. Um, he was on the PUP list until, what, three weeks ago, which seems like pretty late to be taken off the pup list um, at the end of camp there. But he's limited in practice this week, all those sorts of things. But I totally understand the Giants wanting to ease him back in, and we shouldn't really listen to coach speak when it comes to injuries, the status of a guy. It sounds like he's going to play week one. To me, that's a great sign. And when Saquon Barkley's right, regardless of whether the Giants offense is good or bad, I mean, he is maybe the most talented guy in the league in terms of pure skill. We've seen that before. So getting him at pick nine just seems like it could be a steal. So that's that's probably my maybe my favorite value pick of our draft. So credit to Brett there. Anything to, to add there? Or... Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think that, I mean, obviously the – the injury concerns are a big one. Like I had him last year and he sat in my IR all, all year. <laughs> so like it definitely, I can understand why people don't want to deal with that. But I feel like if you're trying to win, like you go for the value play. There you go. Oh, he's here at nine, obviously, you know? So yeah. I think that was a solid pickup uh, by Brett there. I definitely would have got him at 10 if he was available. And I was going to go running back first, no matter how you know low it got. So yeah, solid pick. Right on. Um, how about you? What, what what were you digging? So I'll so since you picked like one that was closer to the top, I think I'll maybe go for I'll go for like a, a later round pick. And I have a I have like a few that I could pick. Do you want me to just do one and then maybe you go or 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 we'll yeah yeah. One? Um, no, we can do each. Yeah. So I was gonna say. Oh crap. Um. Oh, okay. I, I had to sort it differently. So I was sorting it by round to follow what you were saying, but I had it by team before. Um, anyway, uh, I really like, uh, I think this is JJ. Um, yeah, I think CD's Creamy Nuts. I'm pretty sure it's JJ. <laughs> <laughs> what a name. <laughs> um, but I think that um, getting Kareem, the sick Kareem Hunt, in the sixth round at number 55 was really good value. I think his ADP was like 45-ish maybe. Something like that. If I'm, yeah. if I'm, if, uh, and I think that his ADP being 45, getting him 10 picks later. And then also, you know, I almost value him higher than 45. Like he was a beast last year. I don't see any reason why that would change. Um, so I thought that was a pretty solid, solid pick from JJ to snag him at 55. Um, yeah. No, I, I've got no argument with you there. Um, yeah, I think that's a fine selection. Thank you. I appreciate you liking my selection. Yeah, um, for sure. And then my other, I'll just do my other one real quick, just because yeah. I don't really have a lot to say about him, but I thought that uh, um, 
Will getting I actually looked this one up because it seemed so late, but Will getting Raheem Mustard, dude, at at oh in the in the tenth round at pick ninety-three was like way late compared to his his ADP is fifty-seven. So, yeah, that's crazy. So I thought that I mean that's a solid pickup. I know people are hyped on uh Trey Sermon and I am too. Me, me included. Um, yeah, no, I, I know I totally am too. But you know, Raheem's a beast and I mean if we're talking value, getting him at ninety three is you know definitely solid so those are the two that kind of stood stood out to me but i think you know everyone did a pretty good job uh draft in my opinion yeah no i couldn't agree more my friend um i'm obviously a huge trey sermon advocate um i think i think as the season goes on there's a good chance that it is trey sermon's job that's my gut feel and raheem has had injury problems and such, but 93rd overall is way too late for a guy that's probably going to be the first in line to get carries to start the year in San Francisco. Yeah, I mean, you're getting a starting running back in the 10th round. Like, it's yeah, just it's, – it's absurd. Yeah. Um, I'll go to my next value pick, and this, this isn't going to be – there are actually two that were taken back-to-back. Really, there was a run of three in the ninth round that I think anyone – I don't want to cheat here and pick three names, but the end of round nine was really interesting. If you don't mind, I'm going to cheat a little no, bit. No, go here. for it. Go you, for it. Yeah, I'm going to give you three names in round nine that went back to back to back that I think all have a chance to make an impact above round nine value. So it's round nine, pick seven, eight, and nine. We had just a couple of chubs, um, Alec taking Marvin Jones Jr. And I know it's not a real sexy or exciting name, but think about the Jacksonville receiver core it seems like wherever marvin jones jr is gone i looked this up in the past like three seasons marvin jones marvin jones jr hasn't finished worse than like wide receiver 30 we don't really know what that offense is going to look like um if they're taking lots of deep shots you know obviously dj tark's there i've heard he's butted heads with the coaching staff stuff like that i don't know how much to read into it obviously we don't know anything but there's a scenario where marvin jones jr ends up being like a favorite downfield target for a rookie quarterback um if he sees lots of single coverage if you know chark or chenault's getting more attention um you know i wouldn't be shocked if if lawrence takes some downfield shots to him um I don't mind that pick round nine, pick seven. Then right after him, Will takes Cortland Sutton, who I love. I liked this pick a little bit more when I thought Drew Locke was going to be the starting quarterback. Um, Teddy's a little bit more, I would say, conservative with his decisions as he goes through his progressions and such. But Cortland Sutton's a beast. People forget because he missed all of last year, but um, he's one of the elite downfield threats in the league. Big body can block out the sun and can, can jump out of the building again, getting that kind of value, you know, potentially a number one receiver on that Denver offense in round nine, pick eight is pretty good value. And then the last one, if he plays, I, I hate to go back to Brett again, round nine, pick nine, Michael Thomas comes off the board. Might not seem like much now, but, and maybe he doesn't play it all this year. That's a scenario. But obviously if Michael Thomas is himself, you know, when he comes back, who's competing for targets from Jameis Winston from him? Marquez Callaway, you know, Traquan Smith. I'm not really excited about those names, right? MT's still the guy. If, if you're in a playoff run, even if you're 500 at that point, and MT, you get to add him into that lineup, um, and you're a playoff team, that, that could turn it into a championship team, in my opinion. Can, can Jameis throw the slant route, dude? Uh, as long as he can see if there's a linebacker in the throwing lane or not. But he, he's got LASIK now. He should be able to see it, right? Uh, true, 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 true. Dude, Jay, okay, low-key, though, no one drafted him, I don't think. 
Or maybe someone did. I actually don't. I don't remember off the top of my head, but Jameis could be a fantasy plug and play. I'll say this now. Jameis will get started at least one week this season. Ooh, I like that. That, that might not be the hottest take. That might be actually pretty valid. But uh, I think I think it'll happen. We should have a we should have, we should keep like bets on the board against each other for the whole year. I'll say I'll say under a half. I'll go opposite of you. I'll say he doesn't get started. Okay, I'm down for this. Obviously, you Actually, can cheat the system and start him, but <laughs> everyone who's listening will have to will have to take like a poll or something somehow to see there you go. What, who's on either either side of that. <laughs> There's probably a chance he gets started, but I'll 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 be contrarian. I'll, I'll no, go no, under you a half have starts. To. You must put be it on the enemy. board. I'm putting it on my notes here. Under .5 starts, Jameis. Um, so to wrap up kind of our draft recap, now that we went through some of the value picks that we like, um, I was going to point out one pick that baffled me a little bit, and then we can uh, give give everybody our favorite draft. Um, I'm trying to find where it was at. I think it was in round 10. Yeah, in round 10, I, I would say maybe Nate jumped the gun a little bit. Round 10 pick seven, taking... Justin Tucker. <laughs> <laughs> round ten went. Are you are you ready for round ten? It went Antonio Brown, Kenyon Drake, Raheem Mustard, Bucks D, which is a little early for Alec too. <laughs> Devontae Smith, <laughs> Devontae Smith, Leonard Fournette, Justin Tucker, Justin <laughs> Tucker, dude, Jalen Hurts, Ronald Jones, Michael Gallup. Yeah, a couple of these things are not like the other. Round ten was a weird one. Dude, that's the that's that ca- what they're drinking in California, the water over there, or lack Dude, thereof. That has to be it. Yeah. For uh, sure. Anything else you wanted to comment on before we pick maybe our favorite draft? Uh, no, I think I'm 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 good. Let's move. All let's right, move do you, on. Do you know who you're picking, or do you want me to go first? Um, you go first. I do know who I'm picking, but I would uh. Uh, allow you to uh, take do have the honor of doing this. Okay, I didn't mean to pick chalk here because ESPN has this guy ranked as the number two team post draft, um, and it pains me to say this. I'm not even sure if he drafted this team on his own, but it's Nate, um, who is currently still username password and still owes us money. By the way, Nate, if you're listening, we need thirty dollars from you before kickoff tomorrow night. So does Nolan. <laughs> so does Nolan. Thanks for reminding me. Nathan and Nolan. Thirty <laughs> it costs money to play fantasy football and you must pay. Sorry. It does indeed. <laughs> no, you're good. <laughs> so so round one, obviously he takes Derrick Henry, which PPR or not, you know, and, and I'm not the biggest Derrick Henry advocate. You know this about me, Eric, because yes. Derrick Henry plunges into the line like yeah. twenty times a game yeah. to then. Even break, though he like... even though he ran for two thousand yards last year. Yeah, you and you, you know you can hold that against me. I know, I know, that, I, know, that, I, know that, I know. That's totally fine. It's just hard for me to get behind the guy that accelerates so slowly and like plunges into the line for like a one or two yard gain twenty times a game. But when he breaks loose yeah. and he breaks off twenty, thirty yarders plus, and they get him screens and he's stiff arming guys into the turf, he's a lot of fun. And he's gonna get all the goal line work. No one, yeah, no, I think, yeah. no for sure. No one's gonna mess people... with Derek. Go ahead. Oh, I, I was just going to say, like, Derek is, like, an obvious top, like, seven player, regardless of if it's PPR or not. So, nothing wrong with that pick there. Sorry, did you want to comment more on Derek Henry I was Henry just going to say, to your point about Derek Henry, is I feel like people associate him with, like, a player like Zeke Elliott when he's not even, like, I don't, I, I agree with you that he's not as close to as talented as another, like, a more running-oriented back like Zeke. <clears throat> um, but, yeah. 
or even like an Alvin, like a guy that's like not super fast, but like accelerates really fast. Like it just mm-hmm. seems like runners take like it seems like defenders take bad angles at that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Derek's just a brute for the most yep. part. Well, once Derek does accelerate, he's really fast. It just takes mm-hmm. him a long time to get up to speed, which is why he gets stopped at the line of scrimmage like 15 times out of, out of 20. Yup. Um, or at least has contact around the line of scrimmage 15 times out of 20. I shouldn't say gets stopped. He runs through a lot of tackles. Um, but anyway, after that, he goes DK Metcalf, who I, I'm really high on DK Metcalf. I was upset that Nate took him ahead of me. I think he would have fallen into me if Nate didn't take him there. Um, that's really who I wanted at the back end of round two. Um, I think DK has a chance. Here's a really hot take. If you had, if I had to pick like a super dark horse MVP candidate for the year, it's DK Metcalf. And I know a receiver will probably Dude. never win it, but I think he has <clears throat> the potential to have that kind of season. He'd have to ball out, but definitely. I, th- I think he'll be even better this year. It's going to be crazy. I think he will, too. I'm actually really upset that Nate got him. That was a great pick. So, Henry and Metcalf, I mean, bona fide RB1, wide receiver, two. His other running back, Josh Jacobs, I'm probably higher on than others. Uh, I know people are concerned about Kenyon Drake coming in. But Jacobs already wasn't really getting third down work. Um, and I don't think that Drake is taking away first and second down work from him. And I don't think Drake is necessarily taking away goal line work. I don't know how that's going to look, but I just like Jacobs better as a runner um, overall. Wide receiver two, Keenan Allen. Everyone listening to this podcast probably knows that I'm in love with Keenan Allen. Um, yeah, he's, Keenan he's, Allen's he's my guy. One. He's a technician, always open. So you got two, you got to add top and wide receiver one, a low and wide receiver one. Um, and then at tight end, he, he's got the dark horse. And I, I'm kind of high on this guy because I think he's going to play more right, wide receiver than he is tight end. Normally, true tight ends, it takes them longer to get integrated into an offense. I think Pitts is more receiver than tight end. And I think, you know, year one, he can integrate quickly and be a focal point of the offense across from Ridley. Um, so I like Kyle Pitts quite a bit. Um, and then obviously Josh Allen at quarterback, you know, you got – a top three option minimum at the position, I would say, with some rushing upside, rushing touchdown upside. Um, the only real concern for me on Nate's team is, is it flex? You know, Juju's not my favorite option, but he's got bench guys that could fill that piece nicely. I, in fact, myself for season long, prefer Debo Samuel. I think that was a really nice pick. Debo's a menace in the open field. Um, you know, and then he's got other guys that have some upside. Jarvis Landry, you know, James Conner, you have another starting back. Um, Johnny Smith is an alternate tight end if Pitts isn't working out. Isn't you could have worse options. Um, COVID Beasley and uh, and Philip Lindsay. So it, it's a pretty solid roster. I, I think Nate quite well. Yeah, agree. I would say like yeah. If there's any drawbacks, I don't know how. <clears throat> I wouldn't personally say I'm super. Even though I drafted this guy in one league, but like I feel like Jarvis, James Conner, Joe New. Cole and Philip Lindsay are all pr- pretty mediocre. All- I, there's some upside plays with potential James Conner and Jarvis Lander if he has a better season than last year. But if anything, I would say he's maybe slightly shallow. But <laughs> Yeah, actually, I take it back. I, upside was the wrong word. Upside for Debo. For the other guys, it's more like safety. Like, you kind of know what they are, right? Yeah. Like, if I needed to plug in Jarvis to give me, like, five catches and, like, 48 yards, like, mm-hmm. I, that's – you know, maybe a chance for a touchdown. I've got him. James Conner, like I need a guy I know is going to get 15 touches, but he might do nothing with them. That's the kind of guys he has on the bench. So less upside, probably safer floor kind of guys. You're right. I misspoke. For sure. But totally agree. Like that starting roster is going to be uh, filthy. Um, luckily, uh, Nate may forget to set his lineup. So we'll see. We will see. <laughs> 
Um, do you want me to go ahead or yeah. do you anything else to say? No, um, I think I'm covered. Go right ahead, Eric. So I will repeat there, there really actually wasn't any draft that I totally hated. Um, I think what I would choose as my favorite would probably be Brett's. Main, yeah. Mainly because I think that if you look at his most important positions, so his RB stack, his wide receiver flex, I, I feel like if you look at his starting, I think Brett has the strongest starting lineup in the league because you got, I think James Robinson last year was so freaking good. I feel like Jacksonville is going to be better in the passing game this year, which is only going to open up James Robinson more. I know, like, it's questionable whether he can repeat the season he had last year. Let's see if I can look. Travis Etienne getting hurt certainly doesn't, you know, hurt that chance, yeah. though. Yeah. But James Robinson last year finished RB7. Nuts. So maybe some regression there, but still having him at RB2 with Saquon, who could easily finish RB1 this year, I think is great. Um, DeAndre Hopkins obviously is a top five wide receiver. Julio Jones, his ADP, I feel like he, for what I don't know, maybe you can explain it better to me, but I feel like people are pretty low on Julio this year. I'm not. I think that getting Julio at wide receiver two, I'm not saying he's like a top five player or anything, but getting him at wide receiver two is, uh, like super solid if you're if you're playing for upside, which I think Brett's a lot of Brett's team is. <clears throat> um, Darren Waller is in that top three tight end cohort, which is like the only three good three good ones you can depend on. You know, Kittle, Kelsey, and Waller. Um, uh, Robbie Anderson, historically, I've hated him, even though I'm just so behind the curve because he was trash on the Jets, but that was just because the Jets. Um, yeah, he's a, he's a top twenty player. Um, and then if you look at his bench, you already mentioned it with your value pick, but, you know, if Michael Thomas comes back, you know, that's that could be potentially a league winner. And um, the only other player I'll mention on – oh, no, two more players real quick. Miles Gaskin, I think that having on the bench is another player that, you know, e- you could easily start uh, if you had to, if you saw a bad matchup um, with Robbie at Flex or, you know, however you wanted to do it. And then probably actually my favorite and another and MVP candidate is Matt Stafford. I mean, yep. Matt Stafford is going to the Los Angeles Rams, who have weapons on offense. They got Cooper Cup, they got Robert Woods. You know, Obvious those trees. But yep, they uh, and they've had Jared Goff throwing throwing to them for the last four years. So, and Matt Stafford's thrown for fucking five thousand yards for the Detroit Lions before. So I I think you know. The Rams are obviously a lot better than Lions, so may, like you know, he might not have to be slinging it like a madman every game. But uh, for where for where Brett got him to surround at the lineup, I thought that was a, a solid pick as well. So yeah, that's probably my probably my favorite, besides mine, of course. Yeah, obviously we love our own drafts, right? No, uh, I'll, I'll follow up on your Julio Jones point. It seems like the quote-unquote experts are, are in fact really low on him, or maybe just the community in general. His eighty. I think the factors there are, you know, A, new team, new OC. B, there's already kind of another wide receiver one quote-unquote there with A.J. Brown. C, there's the crutch argument of, well, well, you know, Rabel's a minded guy and they've got Derrick Henry they're a run first team and you know yeah. now we'll will we'll AJ Brown and 
you know, Julio just like kind of vulture stuff from each other. To me, when you add a piece like that, the whole offense gets better. To me, when the whole offense is better, it's just a bigger pie for everyone, not necessarily taking away some from someone else. And people who say they're only a run first team haven't watched much Tennessee Titans football. I saw a stat today in the 20, I think it's, yeah, 28 games that Tannehill's started for Tennessee to the, to the over under they're like, 24 three and one or something ridiculous like that like they score points and it's not just because they're running the ball up and down the field like they're taking shots off play action um yeah it wouldn't shock me if julio jones had a top 20 top 15 season that that's well within the realm of possibilities right um i think you outlined pretty well some other upside plays the other guy i'd I'd mention is jalen waddle um obviously played with two in college i think there's a chance that waddle's a becomes a pretty good NFL receiver with rookies. You're always flipping the coin, right? Like Justin Jefferson wasn't really on that many people's radar as like a starting receiver option for fantasy last year. We never really know these things, but he, he could be one of those guys. Yeah. And he was like the, one of the best receivers in the NFL last year. <laughs> yeah. I won't say anything more on Stafford. I, I agree with everything you said there. I think we were talking offline about it for a while that Stafford was yeah. a guy I was trying to get in most leagues. Yep. Yep. yep totally agree so i won't kill more of our time there um yeah i think that was a good recap some of the drafts that we like obviously you know eric and i know as little as you guys do we're just giving our take so we'll see how we'll see how things unfold as the season gets started um so that being said we have week one and football tomorrow night so we have matchups to talk about should we talk about matchups let's talk about matchups our bread and butter and one of the one of the marquee matchups we'll, that we'll start with, we get me, myself, and I, JJ the Jeff Plane, taking on the newcomer of Will Dant and Dant Nation, parentheses Will. Um, I think this is one of the you know more exciting matchups here, and we get a commissioner against the, the new guy, which makes this a little bit more fun. Um, I'll start out talking a little bit, obviously, you know, I'll I'll talk about Will's side first, and then I'll I'll let you jump in um, after I've said my piece. Uh, obviously, you know we just talked about it. I, I think week one in a new NFL season, we we as football fans, football watchers, you know, want to be analysts, whatever. We want to think we have a good idea about which teams are going to be good, which offenses are going to be better, which lines are going to be better, which defenses are going to be bad, which teams you can throw against, which teams you can run against based off last season. The more and more I watch NFL, you know, football from year to year, it seems like we're really bad at predicting those, these things. So um, I'm not really sure which matchups are good or bad. I will say, um, you know, Lamar Jackson on Monday night, I think the exciting thing to look out for there is with the lack of Dobbins, how does that change their read option run game? Obviously, that's a big part of their offense, and a lot of Lamar's fantasy appeal is his legs. So do they rely even more on his legs without JK or do they rely more on his throwing? Um, He gets a, you know, what I would anticipate to be a pretty soft matchup to start with. Um, But that's something to look out for. Um, Will's got really solid running backs, you know, Aaron Jones, Jonathan Taylor, both great plays, fire him up. No questions there. I won't really talk about him. Um, Thursday night game, Mike Evans going against the Dallas corners who, from last year, we're pretty abysmal. We'll see if there's improvement there, but I think he's got a really nice matchup there as well. Um, I'm interested to see how much Allen Robinson draws Jalen Ramsey and whether that matters or not. What probably matters more is Andy Dalton being the quarterback. <laughs> um, 
And the last guy I'll, I'll, I'll mention, he has the Lamar Mark Andrews stack. So if to my point in the red zone, if they're not able to run their normal read option stuff, you know, Mark Andrews is that typical red zone target for them. And he's got the Lamar Mark stack against me, which is, is going to be interesting. So um, yeah, some interesting, interesting uh, things to keep an eye out for. And I, I like Will's lineup quite a bit. Anything you want to add to that? Um, what, what's your pick? Or do you want me to go first? Or do you want me to uh, talk? No, about I'll, it? I'll wait till we talk about me until we make a pick. Oh, sure. Um, yeah, I, I like Will's lineup this week. I think you already touched on Lamar and Mark Andrews. I think that, you know, it'll obviously we don't know because it's week one. But I think that, I mean, you love starting that stack there. I think that you're kind of, you, there's kind of two sides of the coins and his receivers. It's like you got Allen Robinson, who's obviously a wide receiver run, perennially underrated, but he's playing the Rams and he's on the Bears and Andy Dalton's on the football. So I think you don't have, I think that Allen is definitely worrisome. Obviously, it's purely matchup based. You're starting him every day. But then on the other side of the coin, you already touched on it, but Mike Evans is playing Dallas and the Buccaneers might score 50 points tomorrow. So. <laughs> So, I think I like Will's lineup. Uh, Aaron Jones, Jonathan Taylor. I mean, there, there's really, for me, not a lot to dislike besides the uh, the Allen Robinson play, which which is not, not a bad play. It's just the, the matchup's trash. And uh, yeah, we think. We don't know. Yeah. So, yeah, I think um, I like Will's team this week. Yeah, I agree. Jump over to my side real quick. I won't talk a lot about myself here. I will say I anticipate that Chase Edmonds and Deontay Johnson will both have positive game scripts. I expect quite a bit of points in those games. Um, it wouldn't shock me if Pittsburgh is chasing points against Buffalo and Deontay's going to see plenty of targets, lots of short stuff. That's kind of what that offense has been predicated on, mostly because of the O-line being unable to hold up and throw the ball downfield. And the other obvious thing that I'm going to be leaning on is the Mahomes Kelsey stack. Um, so we're, we're both playing a, a quarterback tight end stack, just a couple of so different ones here. Yeah. Um, not a lot else to add about myself. I'll let you speak to it and then we'll pick. Um, yeah. I think that, I mean, to, to, to a player you didn't touch on, I think Elvin Kamara playing green Bay. I know green Bay. I'm going to not know off the top of my head. They short up their defensive line a little bit. Do you know this? I feel like they did, but they're, with the worst rushing defense in the NFL last year, I'm pretty sure, or at least top three. So, Elvin there, obviously a solid play. Deontay, I hadn't considered game script when I was thinking, but I was, I was, my my only issue with Deontay Johnson is that we don't know how Ben's going to look this year, and they're playing Buffalo, who's got one of the best defenses in the NFL. So, um, I understand what you're saying about the the the, the upside as far as the game script goes. Like Pittsburgh will probably be losing that game. Um. But then again, I'm, I'm worried about how good their defense is and Ben Roethlisberger throwing, like, accurate passes. <laughs> hey, uh, he, he, didn't you hear he's on the BB7 method now? Oh, no, true, true, true. Yeah, true, 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 true. <laughs> um, but then, obviously, to what you did touch on, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, like, you, I don't think you can really get a better stack than that, to be honest. <laughs> like, that's disgusting. Uh, it doesn't matter how good Cleveland is. It's the – it's the Chiefs. They'll score points. Travis Kelsey's going to get a touchdown this game. It's almost like guaranteed. Uh, and the Matt Gay start's going to be the real the real linchpin here. And uh, <laughs> so I'll let yeah. you pick it first. Um, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with Will here because 
I think that his I feel like his difference maker in this game in this game is going to be Mike Evans on Tampa Bay against Dallas. Like I mentioned when I was talking about Will's team, I I, I genuinely think the Bucks maybe not fifty. I'm exaggerating, but like could throw up forty points that game. It's going to be a shootout, hundred um, percent. I feel like he kind of matches you with Lamar with Lamar and Mark Andrews. I know Lamar's not Mahomes, Andrews isn't Kelsey, but it's it's similar. Um. And that's basically it. That's kind of what, what put me over was was I, I I like Mike Evans a lot against against Dallas, but I think it'll be close. Uh, you know, again, we don't know everything because it's week one, <laughs> but we don't I think we don't think, know I, nothing basically. I I think Will might might edge it out slightly. <clears throat> yeah. Sorry, um, sorry, dude. I, sorry, dude. No, I think you're on the right side. I agree with your pick, but not for the same reasons. So here, here's the two pieces that you're missing and why I think Will might win this matchup. Um, a, the new guy always seems to have some luck. I, I, I don't have <laughs> the stats and facts behind this, but like when we added JJ in a flat line, it was True. some some week one six, I recall, and we were not happy about it. True. Um, number two, you're missing the dark horse here. This is the difference maker. I think the San Francisco 49ers defense, that front four is going to be the front four, remember, from their Super Bowl team two years ago. Oh, they're playing Detroit. And they get to play the Detroit Lions in Jared Goff Sucks Island, where I I have a timeshare. Jared Goff's going to die. I think that this is a really tight one, and I think the Niners defense scoring a defensive touchdown is going to be the difference. Oh, my! I love that prediction. You Thank hate you. to go against yourself, though, dude. That's yeah, I hope it. I'm wrong, but <laughs> we'll see. All right, so that should be an exciting matchup. We're definitely one of the one of the ones we'll keep an eye on, as we will with all of these. Let's move on to our next one. We've got Sequandrius Knee Cult. Did I pronounce that correctly? Is that how I you think, would say I that? Think, I think you nailed it, yeah. Okay. Is that a reference I'm not getting? Well, I think it's because it's Saquon, and he said Sequandrius yeah. is because it's dank, and then Knee Cult because okay. Saquon uh, – uh, fucked up his knee, his tore ACL. I got that part. Okay. And the, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that, yeah. Like, I think, I think Brett just wants to start a cult with Saquon Barkley. Is, okay. there, any other, is have... there any other ACL tears in this on this lineup? Uh, nope. Andrew Hopkins fucked something up, but it wasn't because it's ACL. Yeah, slant boys hurt, but not like that. Yeah. Uh, All right, so we've got, we've got we've got Brett's team taking on Nate's team of still hasn't picked a new name. He's currently still a username password. Um, <laughs> I'll try to start rapid firing these a little bit more so we don't keep you guys for an hour and 30 minute podcast. But I'll, I'll start on Brett's side of the football. Obviously, we just talked about his team, so I won't say a ton here. Um, Matt Stafford gets the Chicago Bears defense on Sunday Night Football. I'm expecting Matt to come out and have a hell of a first game with McVay as his play caller. I think we all take for granted how good Matt Stafford is because he's played for the abysmal Lions organization for so long. He's got a brilliant offensive mind now, a good O-line, and as Eric alluded to, some good skill players around him. Um, really like Matt to come out and have a strong week one in prime time. I'm really excited to watch that game. Um, maybe more excited than you Bears fans are. <laughs> um, <laughs> the other one I'll mention is Julio Jones, who we already talked about, but I, I foreseeing that game with Arizona becoming a shootout, as I alluded to it already, Brian Tannehill plays a lot of high scoring games. It wouldn't shock me if that game is played in like the 42 to 38 kind of ballpark. And if that's the case, I think Julio's plenty involved. 
um, excited to see a couple new faces with new teams, hopefully having a positive impact for Brett's team. What do you got on Brett's side? <clears throat> um, on Brett's side, yeah, I totally agree with Stafford. I think that he's just going to absolutely uh, bomb it on us. Um, I would say that another pick I like at flex is Robbie, and- Robbie Anderson against the Jets. Um, I think that the Jets actually secondary is actually pretty good, but um, I don't know. I'm just feeling it. It feels right. Uh, they got uh, Sam Darnold now. Revenge game. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that another one that uh, if I'm going to mention something you didn't mention would be James Robinson playing Houston. <laughs> I think yeah. that Houston is – their D-line is just complete fucking trash. And I think that uh, James Robinson's prime – like that dude, he's getting a touchdown. I feel like he'll run for a solid amount that game. So, yeah, I think uh, pretty solid pretty solid uh, starting lineup week one for uh, for Brett over here. Yeah, the other thing I forgot to mention is DeAndre Hopkins in Arizona obviously also involved in that potential Tennessee-Arizona shootout. Um, yeah, yeah, both, both, yeah, both wide receivers in the same game. So that has one of the highest total projected totals for the week. So mm-hmm. um, I think that over under set at 52, 52 and a half. So plenty of points to be had there. On that note, when we go to Nate's side, he's got Derrick Henry. So if they, if, <laughs> if Julio and AJ aren't finding the end zone from Santa Hill passes um, or Anthony Ferks or whoever else is catching balls there, um, obviously Derrick Henry's going to have plenty of shots from inside the 10. Um, not much else to cover there. We mentioned the Bills potentially front running Pittsburgh. Obviously, you know, then you're like, well, is that does that mean a negative game script for Josh Allen? Well, well, for it to become a negative game script, I think that means Josh needs to have a big first half, first three quarters, and I fully expect that to happen. We forget how good the Pittsburgh front four is. Um, they can rush the passer, but you know, it doesn't really bother me here in this matchup. Um, I expect Josh to still go do his thing. The one thing I will mention is I talked about myself being relatively high on Kyle Pitts for the season. It's still a question mark week one, right? How much will he play in a three-point stance as a traditional tight end? How long has it taken him to learn the offense if that's, you know, mostly what he's going to be doing? We we don't know. Um, You know, rolling him out there could be, you know, within the range of outcomes is one catch for eight yards, right? Also in the range of outcomes is he catches six balls for 80-something and a score. We don't really know. Um, so definitely something to keep my eye on, something that um, I'm not sure what to anticipate for week one. For sure. Um, yeah, I think looking at looking at Nate's squad, I would say that you mentioned some of the upside players. I would say I I, I also really like uh, Josh Jacobs against the Ravens. Their defense was abysmal last year. Again, I don't recall exactly what they've improved or if they've improved at all, but I imagine Josh Jacobs having a pretty good game. Uh, against Baltimore and then similar to Deontay Johnson I just for me I just don't it's gonna be interesting to see how Pittsburgh rebound rebounds from their absolute meltdown last year and Juju (laughs) Juju uh you know there's a lot of mouths to feed in terms of wide receiver talent on uh on uh the Steelers you know they got you know Chase Claypool is still good obviously Dante Johnson Juju Smith Schuster um I don't know if like not Najee is probably not be catching a lot of passes, but obviously you know 
Najee's another player that they're probably going to want to get working early. So not too high on Juju, but definitely like Josh Jacobs. And, you know, you already mentioned Josh Allen. Uh, you know, DK is a stud. So, you know, a lot of stuff to like on both sides. You want to go ahead and pick it? Um, yeah, I'm here to pick it. I'm, I'm here for this. I think that I'm going to agree with your point about game script on Tennessee and Arizona, and I feel like that's going to be the dipster maker. Hopefully I'm not stealing that from you, but I think that Brett's going to – You you did. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think that, that – like that's, that's definitely sticks out to me. Um, just – pure you know especially full ppr too uh i think that's gonna be the difference and brett's gonna get the dub sorry no you're good um it's actually robbie gold robbie gold against (laughs) detroit um i i would definitely agree i think the the passing game in the tennessee arizona game is is what i'm buying here and as much as i already alluded to liking nate's draft um yeah give me give me brett to to get home the week one win Right on. So we're moving right through these. Let's move on to tackling sound mortality. Um, Kyle's team taking on just a couple of chubs. Alec, I'm expecting some new names from you two here shortly. We'll we'll see if that that comes to fruition soon. Um, obviously, Christian McCaffrey against the Jets. I don't need to talk about that probably being a good matchup and. Points of plenty for Kyle. I know. Um, what I'm more interested to see are Calvin Ridley in a wide receiver one position. Obviously, we've seen a little bit of this because Julio missed some time last year. Um, but when he's the true focal point and Philly has had months, you know, the game plan for this game, um, interested to see how he's treated as the wide receiver one. Matt Ryan likes to spread the ball around. Uh, I'm still expecting a big year from Calvin, but that's just a bit of a question mark. I'm I'm interested to watch that game. Um, the other thing that'll be interesting, Noah Fant at his tight end spot. Um, you know, we don't know what this offense is going to look like with Teddy. Does the tight end become more of a focal point in the offense with a guy that typically likes to throw underneath more often? Um, I think Fant is, is a pretty special player in terms of his route running ability and speed, um, in terms of yards after catch and things of that nature. Um so, yeah, a couple of new things that I'm interested to watch. Um, what, do, what are you thinking when you look at Kyle's roster? Uh, yeah, I think I, I really like Kyle's roster week one as well. I think that, you know, Justin Herbert, Justin Herbert, um, you know, I've talked a lot about this, another MVP candidate this year. That offense is going to be sick. So, he's playing Washington. He's actually pretty freaking good on defense. But um, I think they're going to come out trying to prove a point game one. So, I like Justin Herbert. Christian McCaffrey, enough said. Um, to what I was saying earlier about Tampa Bay, Dallas, and this is going to help out Alec as well. But I think, you know, at least one of those Tampa Bay receivers is going to go crazy. So, you know, it's almost similar to Pittsburgh. There's, you know, they got Godwin, they got Chris Evans, they got Antonio Brown, they got Gronk. You know, the, you know, they, there's a lot of receivers on that team, but <clears throat> great ma- matchup for Godwin. Um, I agree with your saying at what you're saying about Calvin Ridley, like we don't know what he's going to be like without Julio on the team, but last year he was a complete fucking monster and they're playing Philly. So uh, both receivers I like. Um, And yeah, no, I think I like, I like Kyle's Kyle's team uh, week one for sure. 
What would Kyle sacrifice Ridley having a terrible game for his Eagles to win Week One? Dude, watch Kelvin really score like thirty-five points against Philly. <laughs> like Kyle's gonna be so conflicted. He'll be like, "Eat it, Alec," while he like is crying and drinking White Claws. Mm-hmm. Dude, and and then also Kyle's got a Kyle's got a decision to make on on who he puts in uh, at flex here. Because you got DeAndre Swift against San Francisco. Now, he may keep him in. I'm not going to tell him what to do. That's, I'm, not hating the, I'm not hating the play. I'm surprised to not see Swift on the injury report. All I've heard is how bad this groin injury is for the last um, two weeks. But to Kyle's credit, he's got three super viable plays down there. Michael Gallup, Odell Beckham Jr., and, uh, and Kenny Galladay. Um, well, and don't forget, if Swift – Williams is is RB one in Detroit too. True, true. Jamal Williams, Jamal Williams is number one, but he's also Jamal Williams. So. Yeah, and it looks like I think Swift <laughs> practiced today, so I'm I'm guessing Swift will go. Yeah. But just something else though. So great Kyle, point Kyle's you make. Kyle's got a decision to make. Is all I'm saying. So couldn't agree should be, more. Should be interesting. <clears throat> um, going over to Alex's side of the ball, I, I'm anticipating that George Kittle has a pretty soft, soft, soft matchup going to Detroit. We'll see what that game looks like, but Jimmy G back under the saddle has his favorite target back, kind of expecting Kittle to pick up right where he left off. The most interesting thing here, I mentioned it earlier, is Gus Edwards filling in for J.K. Dobbins. Um, Edwards a bit more of a a between-the-tackles, kind of just kind of run through you, not going to make a lot of guys miss. You know, not the explosive player that J.K. is, as I mentioned. I'm interested to see how that changes um, not only Baltimore's scheme and the way they do their zone runs with – Lamar um, and their read option kind of stuff. Um, but I'm interested to see how that changes the way that the uh, Vegas Raiders prepare for this game. So something to keep an eye out for. I think Edwards is still going to be the guy who sees like lots of goal line work. We, we've already seen that w- before when Dobbins has been in there. So um, something to keep an eye out for. I'm, I'm excited to watch that Monday night game and see what the, the Ravens offense looks like. Um, yeah, I won't talk about all the studs he's got at the top, but you're welcome to. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, the, the freaking Zeke Nick Chubb stack is like so fucking disgusting, it's unreal. Filthy. Um, obviously, Zeke has a bit of a tough matchup this week, but to talk about someone who's got a pretty pure matchup, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like Nick Chubb is going to be, is going to have a glorious game against Kansas City, regardless of the script of that game. Uh, you know, we all know how Cleveland plays, and Nick Chubb's number one there. So, yep, um, definitely solid. And then, you know, on the other side of the coin, in terms of the Tampa Bay Dallas game, Tampa Bay is going to score on every fucking drive. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm and again, like I'm watching this game just be like three to seven or something. But <laughs> uh, Dak's going to be have to be slinging around, slinging it around. I don't, I'm not concerned at all about CD Lamb like taking away from Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper. Cooper's looked good in camp. I watched all the hard knocks, Steven, so I know what's up. All right. Uh, he's health he's healthy. So I think, you know, Amari Amari Cooper could definitely have a good game if they're especially with these some maybe some garbage time at the end. A few uh maybe like a fifty yard bomb to Amari Cooper when they're down thirty five to ten or something. <clears throat> um so definitely like that. You mentioned it already, but George George Kittle against Detroit, prime ass matchup given what we know about Detroit. Um yeah, lots of life over here. Agreed. And the other thing we didn't mention is Mr. Unlimited himself. I, it, I Earlier I alluded to it with DK. Obviously, if DK had those good numbers, Russ is probably winning the MVP this year. But that's the kind of 
like season, I could see the Seattle passing game having. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I, I think both both sides of the both both quarterbacks uh, solid, but Russell Wilson obviously enough said. Justin's got a tougher matchup. I think that Washington defense is still legit. Yep. He has to Very go true. to Washington to play outdoors. But, yeah, I'm with you. You want to pick it? I'm going to go – oh, man, this is tough. I think I got to go yep. Kyle here. It's okay. close, though. It's really close. I'm only going Kyle purely because McCaffrey could... – because McCaffrey. That's all I got. That's fair. I, I'm going to go the opposite. This is the first time we're switching it up. I, I yes. like Alec here. Um, you mentioned it. I'm expecting points in the Thursday night game. Zeke's going to be responsible for some. Amari's going to be responsible for some. I like as Absolutely. much as the book, as much as the Bucks might run it up and down. You know that's going to create opportunities for Dallas to be in point chasing mode, and I think they'll have to be aggressive in this game. Kind of not expecting a lot of punts. Um, and I don't care what DBs are aligned to Amari. Amari's one of the best route runners in the NFL. He's got Dak back healthy. The other yeah, guy I really like that we haven't yeah. talked about yet. DJ Moore gets a soft yeah, match. I, I don't DJ know how much Moore, they're going to be throwing there. I love DJ Moore, too. Give me Alec to get this one. And as you alluded to, probably a tight one. Yeah, for sure. All right, we're making our way through onto the fourth game. We get great name changes, guys. CD's Dude. Creamy Nuts, JJ's team against Cooper Cup is a white. <laughs> which is Doug's yeah, team. I am, Just so tr- I am so triggered looking at CD's Creamy Nuts and just a couple of chubs, and then Cooper Cup is white, and Sam Gurley's <laughs> Korean Pies. It, it is infuriating me. <laughs> Full on OCD is. I cannot. In. I cannot handle it. And then it makes it even Guys. worse. Is Doug didn't even spell cup correctly. Unless he did. Yeah, unless we, that's part of the meme. Unless I'm. Missing I can't it. tell. Yeah, I was going to ask you that. I was like, is that part of the meme that I'm missing here, or, right. or did Doug and? Well, Doug will definitely spell Doug cup will, wrong. <laughs> Doug will definitely be listening. So, Doug, if it's part of the meme, explain. If not, fucking change that shit because I'm going to go crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm <gonna> go crazy. <laughs> also, I like that. Like. JJ's team, we're getting off track here, but that's okay. JJ's team logo, like it's CD's creamy nuts, and it's just like a cup overflowing with what could be cream, I guess. Dude, like, but oh it's just God. one of the like, it's just one of the clip art ones from like ESPN. <laughs> <laughs> like we couldn't, we couldn't do something better there, JJ. The name's great. I just yeah, needed great. a more, I just needed a more graphic picture. Yeah, yeah, no. CD's creamy nuts, great name. It's only diluted by the fact that. That uh, just a couple chubs and Camarillo's cream pies still exist, and it's just because cr- creamy nuts and cream pies are are pretty similar in, ter- in terms of their they really are their viscosity. So, all right, let's get through this game. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Tom Brady plays football on Thursday night for the creamy nuts. He does. Um, you alluded to this already. I think that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers might score a lot of points in this game. Therefore, I think Tom Brady might throw for a lot of yards and or touchdowns. Um, definitely excited to see how the, the Tampa Bay offense looks. Really looking forward to that. Um, I'll mention that both of the receiving options for J.J. are pretty disgusting. Like, again, we, we don't care that the Cleveland defense is going to be good. Tyreek is Tyreek, right? He's, he's going to yep. get his probably. I'm yep. expecting a big year from C.D. Lamb. And Same. Same. Yeah, he, he has protection because Cooper – is as we mentioned a great route runner and Michael Gallup's a good player too. It's not like they can be doubling lamb like he's gonna see single coverage and they could see a positive game script. I'm kind of expecting a big week one from C D Lamb. Um if I was running a DFS lineup out there I'd actually consider him um maybe for my captain spot if he's cheap enough. So I, I like C D to have a, a big game tomorrow night. <clears throat> you wanna 
talk a bit about JJ's uh, projected sure. lineup here. Yeah, I think all three wide receivers have – no, I, I genuinely believe that Tyreek, CD, and Tyler Lockett are all going to be wide receiver ones this year. So I think that that's a super solid try piece to start. I think neither CD nor Tyreek have the greatest matchups. However, I don't know that it will necessarily matter with those teams, um, especially considering how my opinion on the tomorrow's game script. Uh David Montgomery against the Rams is so fucking scary because if you remember last year when Nick Foles was – like when the reason Mitch Trubisky was our quarterback, even though he couldn't throw a pass to save his life accurately, was because he opened up our run game so much and threatened True. the defenses. So when the second Nick Foles was in, David Montgomery looked like freaking high school running back. He couldn't do shit. And I feel like we're playing the Rams, and who stops the run – who stops anything on planet Earth better than – uh, Aaron, Aaron Donald. Donald. So I feel like David Montgomery is going to be a huge fucking letdown game one. I, like I, I'm talking a lot of shit about the Bears. Huge letdown. I do not. I was going to ask. You beat me to it. I was going to ask you about that if you didn't mention. I was going to say is the the fact that David's like crazy stretch in the last five games where all against bottom five run defenses. Are we going to see that smoke and mirror show go away in week one this season? It sounds like you think maybe yes. Yeah, I think. I yeah, mean, until I agree. until we have more threats. It's going to be so tough for David, especially in a terrible matchup. Don't like it at all. You already said Tom Brady. Tom Brady is going to have a great game. I can just feel it in my in my palms. Um, you know, but you know, even JJ's got some decisions to make. He got Cream Hunt on the bench. I love it, but that might just be me. Um, so, yeah, I like I like the Tyreek C D Lamb Tyler Lockett combo. David Montgomery worries me. The, the Kareem Hunt Kansas City Revenge game part two. Dude, it's possible. It's possible. Um, the other, not to spend too much more time on JJ's side, I am excited to see how Joe Mixon looks with, you know, a slightly tinkered offensive line and Burrow back healthy. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I like Joe this year. It, it should be. I fun. love Joe Mixon. I'm probably the biggest Joe Mixon <clears throat> stand in the, in the state of Missouri, but we'll, we'll see how he looks. Um, going over to Doug's side, the first thing that you notice is he's running out the sick stack of Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams against New Orleans. Did you know that's a neutral site game this week? Oh, right, because it's at New Orleans. Yeah, they're playing in Jacksonville, right? Yeah, they are playing in Jacksonville. Um, so you have to play outdoors, which is, you know, probably doesn't make a difference when it's in Jacksonville. But I, I am excited. I Like, who else is Aaron going to target? Right, like he's got just a bunch of guys. I guess they brought Randall Cobb back. Our boy Alan Lazard is still there, but there, there's not a scenario <clears> where Devontae Adams doesn't catch eight balls for a hundred yards and probably a score in this game. Um, and yeah. Aaron, Aaron's probably going to be fuck you, Aaron. We'll see. Um, I'm interested to see how Doug's running backs look. I've always liked Miles Sanders as a talent. The injuries have hurt. The fact that Philly wants to shuffle guys in and out has kind of hurt but if they do some cool zone read stuff with Jalen that could make things easier on Sanders and he's really explosive mm-hmm. um, and I think Najee's a stud it's a tough week one matchup potentially we don't really know if it's a tough week one matchup he's gonna catch balls he's a really good pass catcher they'll split him out wide like they used to with Le'Veon like he has that kind of skill set so excited to see how they use Najee week one because we haven't seen it we don't know um yeah I, I'm gonna have some things to keep my eye on from Doug's team in week one yeah no I think over overall, I like I, I I don't dislike Doug's team, but I feel like he might get blasted week one. Uh, the it's really he really is going to need I feel like Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams to go ham, which is entirely possible. That is completely within the cards. 
but I'll say Najee has a hard matchup, and this is his first game in the NFL. I don't know the stats of how rookie running backs are on the first game. Maybe it's good, maybe it's bad, I don't fucking know, but that to me is just a little worrisome, even though I do think he's going to have a good season and be a good player. Uh, you already said it, but my, uh, the Philly, how they use their running backs has never been like a one – not never been, but at least re- in the last few years has not been like a one running back thing. So, And Miles Sanders' ceiling's pretty low, and I feel like he's going to need uh, maybe a little more out of him uh, with that. Uh, Cole Komet might score zero points. Love Cole Komet, though. Uh, <laughs> but he might he, – <laughs> Oh, sorry, I lost it. I love Cole Komet, but he might score zero points. Continue. And um, uh, but I would say it's for for me like he's gonna Najee big like his best players are Aaron Rodgers, Najee, Devontae Adams, and Terry. He's gonna need Aaron Rodgers and Devontae to go crazy. Najee is a question mark for me. Uh, Terry's got a bit of a hard matchup. We don't know how Washington's gonna be this year. Um, so unsure, but I don't know. Tough, tough week for Doug, I think. <clears throat> Could be. I think you alluded to it, but give me your pick. <laughs> uh, JJ. I feel. I think JJ is going to win this. I, I'm not going to say convincingly. I think. I mean, like, I, like obviously, Doug is a huge. Like, you know, Devontae Adams to put up 40 with ease, and I wouldn't be surprised at all. You know, so I think. You know, Doug. I mean, it's not like he doesn't have a chance. Obviously, I'm just predicting, but I think JJ is going to going to take it based on what I'm seeing with these matchups. You're the, all right, my pick comes with a caveat, with with a with a qualifier. If Doug starts a defense that isn't the Chicago Bears <laughs> against the Larms on Sunday night, I'm taking Doug this week. Oh my god, I I love it. I you make think, it sound even worse if I'm if I'm wrong. Continue. No, you're good. I I low key think that like Najee comes out and it is a positive game script, but he's still out there to like catching check downs from Ben like the entire second half. Just balls out. I think, no, I'd love that. I'd love that. I think Aaron and Devontae go nuts. I think Terry is going to see a bunch of shots downfield from Fitz. Um, and I think I already alluded to it. I think Stafford has a huge first game, and if Cup's going to be on the receiving end of of plenty of of looks downfield, and he's got good yak ability, so. Going with an upset. Give me Doug. Doug, make me not look stupid. Don't and start the Bears. One of one of us is going to look stupid, regardless. Yeah, probably. <laughs> That's the beauty of this show, right? Yeah. All right, and just like that, we're on to our last game, and it's our co-host, Kyler's Baby Legs, managed by Eric Colmas, taking oh, on baby. Cam Gurley's Kareem Pies. Come on, Nolan. No, Figure it cha- out, man. Change your name. Change your fucking name. And pain. Well. I'll, I'll let you start this time. You want to start talking about your own team first? Yeah, no, I'm done. The I'm done to talk about my own yeah, team. Um, I think, dude, and it's hard to talk about my own team because you 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 gotta love your own team, right? But I feel like the the uh, Stefan Diggs, Robert Woods, both of those guys are in just prime matchups, prime game scripts. Stefan Diggs, easily potential wide receiver one this season, uh, in my opinion. Um, going to be a beast, have a good game. Super pumped about that. Uh, Robert Woods also, you talked about it with Cooper Cup. You know, I definitely see Stafford slinging it around and and um, giving uh, him getting a lot of points. Uh, another ups- or another player I'm happy about week one is going to be Kyler at Tennessee. Kyler is a fantasy football god. Uh, in real life, I'm not necessarily as high on him as a is like 
in, in or Arizona in general, I feel like they actually might finish with a negative record this year. But, uh, <laughs> uh, it's uh, tough division. Yeah. Um, ten, playing against Tennessee, Tennessee is amazing. It's going to be a high-scoring game. Kyler Murray would not is going to score. Uh, you know, he's projected 22. I think that's his, probably his floor. You know, uh, uh, like him. No argument. Um, to the – Kind of questionable stuff for me. Yeah, talk to me about Mike Davis. Is Mike Davis? <laughs> Yo, okay. <laughs> Again, value play, dude. Mike Davis is dropping. I'm not saying he's not. Dude, he he filled in for McCaffrey all last season, basically valiantly. Valiantly, this man finished if they, running back if they were twelve. Both white, I couldn't tell the difference. Just kidding. This man finished run, run running back twelve, and he played. 14 games. Uh, That's good know, for those of you at home. Yeah. he. I know, new team, but um, that would be – it's questionable for me because we don't know how he's going to look, and he's not like he's a freaking rookie who, you know, everyone's super high on. But he had a really good season last year. He's going to be the RB, the bona fide RB1 in Atlanta, and he's got a good matchup against Philly. So I'm, I'm hopeful. That's why I drafted him. Uh He's at he. I'm, I got him at my flex, so I'm not. It's not like the end of the world, but I'm unsure what's going to happen there. <laughs> um, uh, to my, I guess real quick, I was mentioned like, you know, as we all are aware, this is a full PPR league. I would have taken Saquon if he dropped me, but some people are hating on Austin Eckler. That man is a full PPR uh, beast. Last year he was hurt for a lot of the season. But when he wasn't hurt, his floor was basically like 20 points. So, yep. And the Chargers are going to be even better this year. Not a great matchup uh, against Washington. I don't think it will particularly matter that much. Um, but I'm, I'm excited that he I got him on, on the on the squad. So It won't matter. Yeah. Do, you want to tell, do you want me to tell you why it won't matter? In my tell, opinion. In tell my me good estimation. Sir. Tell me, good sir. I think maybe – I think maybe the Chargers do have difficulty in running the ball between the tackles in this game because, as we know, the Washington front four is pretty filthy. How do you solve that? Extend your run game with swing passes and checkdowns. Who do you yes. think is going to be catching most of those? Austin Eckler, and that's what he's known for. And yeah. we're in a full PPR league, so I'm – I like him. I do, too. Two two words for you from, from your team. Bobby Trees. <laughs> Bobby Trees, Sunday night baby. football, three more words. Yeah, we already talked about that matchup. Like it a lot. I think you covered everything pretty well. I won't speak more to it. Love Kyler. Like Eckler. Um, interested to see what Chris Carson looks like this year, man. I, I'm I'm pretty high in the Seattle offense. Just not sure about that O line, but yep. I I like Carson. Things Hopefully, he doesn't runner. get hurt. <laughs> That's been his main issue. Um, okay, when we go over to Nolan's side, before don't look at his bench. His starting quarterback is Jalen Hurts. <laughs> If I, I looked to see if he had a viable backup, if he wanted to start someone else, without looking at his bench, do you know who his backup quarterback on the bench is? I already, I, I already had it open. I'm sorry, I do, I do know. Damn it! <laughs> All right. You want to ruin it for the audience? Nolan's backup quarterback is uh, Mister Mister Clemson himself, Trevor Lawrence. Amazing, just a d- dandy of a duo there. Um, <laughs> before, the we make of, before we make fun of it too much. Jalen Hurts could have the cheat code that guys like Lamar and Kyler have. Now, to the extent that they do, obviously, that's why they're ranked a lot lower. But his rushing ability could be the cheat code, right? He gives, if for if sure. he runs for 50, 60 yards and rushes for a score, there's a floor of like 10, 11 points, right? 
yeah. um, week in and week out, which is totally within the realm of possibility. And then anything he does passing wise more than like 150 yards and maybe another score is like cherry on top. So I won't hate on it too much. I'm interested to see what Jalen looks like. They bring in Gardner Minshew. I don't know what that tells you about the offense. Like, is he on a short leash? I have no idea. What I will tell you that I do know is Dalvin Cook's a very good football player. Antonio Gibson's a very good football player. Um, His running backs um, really solid. Probably maybe one of the better running back duos that we've got in the entire league. Um, and I also think he has one of the better flexes. I think T Higgins, he's not a sexy name. I'm a T Higgins fan. He does a lot of things, right? He's, you know, bit of a technician, big body, always open, strong hands. A lot of things to like about T Minnesota's done a lot of shuffling in the secondary. Um, don't know if we'll be good or bad, but I, I think T has a pretty safe floor. Probably one of the safer flexes that anyone's running out there on Sunday. Um, anything you want to add on Nolan's side before we pick this one? Um, I, all the points made, I totally agree. Delvin Cook. Absolute beast. We already talked about – I mean, we don't need to talk about A.J. Brown. Like, <clears throat> A.J. Brown, what did he finish last year? Right receiver 12. Was he, he had to have been hurt for a little bit, right? Was he hurt? Yeah, he missed three games. But A.J. Brown has a super high ceiling, uh, especially in that game. I think the only other point I'll make is – and maybe you can chime in a little bit also, but, you know, Adam Thielen did have a, a, a really good season last year. I think he's probably due for a bit of a touchdown regression. Um, so it'll be, I think, I mean, at wide receiver two, it's definitely solid, but I don't imagine having as good of a season as he did, uh, last year. Um, but yeah, definitely, definitely some, some good stuff and some, some not so good stuff on Nolan's side. Agreed. Pick it. I'm going to, oh man, dude, did you pick yourself? I think you picked yourself. No, I, I, I didn't. I think I think I'm gonna go with me here, but I think it I, I think it'll be close. I don't know. I think I'm just gonna go with me, and that's just what I'm gonna do, and that's all I have to say. <laughs> okay, we're um, I think we're gonna agree one more time for the last time. I'm taking you as well in a tight one. I think this one goes down to the wire. For I'm sure. just a little concerned about Hertz um, in his first game. If he's got the rushing upside, I mean, he could definitely be right there with you. Um, but Kyler's just got such a safe floor. It feels like Eckler does too. Um, who else is going to get targeted on Detroit other than Hawk? There are just a lot of things to like about your team in week one. Just some things I feel maybe a little bit more certain about. I'll take you in a tight one. All right. We picked all the games, guys. Uh, hopefully we still have everyone's attention because now it's time for we used to call this segment studs and dubs we're pending a new name a better name than that um so for now we're going to call it people like players that we think will do well and players that we think won't do so well is what i'm calling it for this week but we all have a new name soon also open to suggestions um i'll start with a stud my stud of the week I alluded to this earlier, and it's not a player, but a collective group of players on Damp Nation. My stud of the week is going to be the San Francisco 49ers defense <laughs> and special teams. And I, I talked about it earlier. I think this is going to be the difference potentially in the matchup between me and Will. Please, Detroit offense, do me a favor and don't get killed. But Solomon Thomas back, um, Nick Bosa back. That front four is just disgusting. Um Linebacker is obviously really, really excellent as well. Um, 
you know, it, it's just going to be a tough matchup for an offense that I don't expect to be very explosive or exciting. And it wouldn't shock me if Goff turns the ball over a few times. So, yeah, fire up your Niner defenses this week. <laughs> Who's your stud, Eric? Um, my, my stud is going to be Mr. James Robinson. He is playing against who will almost probably easily be the worst NF team in the league, worst defense in the league as well in Houston. Um, I think Jacksonville is going to run a lot that game, especially get Trevor Lawrence kind of worked into the into the offense. And, uh, I mean, like, who else is going to run the ball there? Carlos Hyde, like, doubt it. So, uh, yeah, I think James Robinson is going to run all over Houston on uh, Sunday. I don't mind that selection. Uh, Thank you. Let's sir. move over to a dud of the week. Mine is a player we haven't talked about at all yet, and it's on Kyle's team, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Um, not necessarily because I think he's a bad player, but from last year, his rookie season, I didn't see anything super exciting from him. You know, in college, he was known for breaking a lot of tackles, being a really physical runner, good in the passing game. They didn't use him a ton that way, and they really didn't need to. The Kansas City Chiefs offense. Um, Andy gets bored of running the ball with his shiny toys of Mahomes, Kelsey, Hill, etc. And who could blame him? I'd want to play the game like it's Madden, too. Um, I think they try to get out early and front run this game, and maybe that does get Clyde more touches down the stretch. He's been banged up with an ankle. Um, I'm kind of expecting the Cleveland front seven to be one of the better ones in the NFL. Um, they not they did, you know, made some moves in the offseason to improve what was already a pretty good front four. Um so, yeah, I'm, I'm not super high on Clyde in week one. Again, we know nothing, right? But I'm making it true. a semi-educated guess here. So, true. Eric, you got a dud for us? Yeah. Uh, uh, first of all, I like to pick. Uh, my dud is going to be something I was talking about earlier. But, you know, and, and, and especially when you're picking duds, like you almost like you want to pick someone like a dud's basically like a player that that's historically good, right? But like you think's not going to have a bad week. Or I'm explaining this poorly, but you know what I mean? Like, like you think, like they're they're not just like a bad player who's getting started. They're gonna underperform their projection. Oh, under underperform, right? So yeah, yeah, I was explaining that like an absolute animal. But uh, for me, I'm gonna say uh, Deontay Johnson. I think that you look at Deontay Johnson and he's a wide receiver two that easily this year could vault himself to wide receiver one. He's got wide receiver one upside. But I just like I said when we were talking about your matchup, I don't trust Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, that he just seems broken to me and they're playing Buffalo who has a great defense. I know you talk about game script, which is a completely valid point, but I just worry he's going to be a let down in week one. No, that's, that's fair. You picked me despite my stud being on Will's team and your dud being on my team. So I appreciate the love still. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Right on. That was for now studs and duds soon to be a, a new name. Let's move on to our last segment. This is another new segment. We will have other new segments, but this is one new one that we are going to do weekly picks against the spread. Or I guess we could do totals too if you want, but Eric and I each pick one best NFL bet of the week. We will keep track to see who has the best record this year. For those of you wanting to put down a few bucks on the game or those of you playing super contests looking for maybe a, a, a sure thing in your super contest, which I guarantee we won't provide, but we're going to do our best. <laughs> we're going to keep track of them all week long. Eric, did you come prepared with an I NFL did. gambling pick? Talk to me. I did. Um, let me just look exactly what the uh, what the number is. I hope this is okay with you because I'm doing a prop bet. Is that okay or do they have to pick a game? 
No, yeah. At first, I was like, let's pick against the spread no matter what. But then I'm like, you know, we, we can find a lot better angles if we do well, other stuff. Yeah. So well, maybe go we for can it. switch it up. But I'm, uh, this is what I have for Week One. I'm going to do uh, CD Lamb over. I like 60- this too. <laughs> I literally so, talked about over it 62.5 receiving yards minus yep. 115. Yeah, I looked at that at lunch today. <laughs> yeah, funny you mentioned it. I almost played it right then and there. Talk to me. Yeah. You can tell me why you like it if you like. Um. The Dallas we alluded Cowboys. to it already. D- Dak is going to have to be slinging the fucking rock, dude. Absolutely slinging the rock. I, you know, I know he's competing with Amari. Even Michael Gallup sees deep looks. Uh, CeeDee Lamb's best receiver on that team, over 62. Easy clap. Lock it in, boys. But don't like blame it. me if it fucks up. <laughs> um, all right. Mine is it is is an against the spread pick. It's a dog. I like them to win outright. They're a home dog. It's probably the most disgusting home dog you can think of. Do you know which team I'm talking about? Wait, hold on, hold on. Let me look at the lines real quick. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, it's not telling me who's home or away. I don't know off the bat who's Oh okay. You know, just just tell me. I'm not gonna be able to look through this right now. It's the Houston Texans is my lock no! of the week at plus three. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Like, hear just, dude, hear me okay. out first. Hear me out first. We are, we already alluded to this, right? Week one of the NFL, we essentially know nothing, right? We know a little mm-hmm. bit, but we're mostly making educated guesses. I don't like making handicaps based off of trends alone. Um, but in week one of the NFL season, we don't have a whole lot of actual, you know, physical data from that season to go off of. So we kind of have to be trend betters. Mm-hmm. Um, Statistically, rookie quarterbacks starting their first game, terrible against the spread. Trevor Lawrence going on the road week one already, you know, there's one strike against you. Here's two, division home underdogs in week one, extremely profitable against the spread. This is actually the only home division underdog on the entire board in week one. Um, So there's number two. Number three, we might not be excited about Tyrod going out there. Sorry, Tyrod starting week one. I looked it up. His against the spread record in like his last 20 starts is something like 13, maybe it was 14, five and one. Um, again, pretty profitable. He, he's at least going to keep you in the game, right? I actually think the Texans win this one hour. I think Urban Meyer and a rookie quarterback, the offense is going to be, you know, taking some time to get to I'm happy to fade a rookie quarterback on the road in a division game week one, even if it is the horrible, awful Houston Texans. Dude, plus 155 on the money line, dude. Lock, lock it in, dude. Lock it in. Lock it in. Yeah, I don't even need the points, but give me plus three for these purposes. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> dude, so, okay, to uh, recap, you, you, you got CD Lamb. Argument. Thank you. To recap, you got CD Lamb over 62 and a half receiving yards. I've got the Texans plus the three. There are some other interesting looks on the board, but these are our two best for week one. Feel free to laugh in our faces when these blow up in our face somehow. <laughs> but I, I actually like our chances to get both of these home in week one. Um, that does it for our segments and our show today. Eric, is there anything you want to leave our lovely guests with? This was a long show. This was a, a, a Dude, almost we, hour and a half show. We, so We started them out with an hour and a half long banger. You're welcome, right. guys. You're welcome. We're just... We're just making up for lost time since we missed so many other shows. True. But, uh, no, I mean, all I'd say is just uh, good luck, everyone, this year. Um, I will reiterate, change your fucking names. And Nolan and Nate, pay me if you're listening. Not that hard. Takes two seconds. 
And then just good luck, everyone. I'm excited. This is going to be awesome. Yeah, I want to thank everyone for continuing to participate in this league. It's a lot of fun every year. We have a blast doing this show whenever we're able to. We're happy that you guys love listening as much as we love doing it. Um, yeah, good luck to everyone in week one. Go Cyclones on Saturday. I'm looking forward to chatting with chatting it up with you guys on Sunday as we watch the games unfold. As I have Red Zone on, which yeah. can't, can't oh. wait to hear Scott Hansen's voice. Yeah, and I will say one more point in terms of chatting. If you guys want to, the, one of the reasons we created this Discord too is that you can just jump in and we can just kind of hang out in one of the voice channels and watch football if you guys want. That's definitely in play. Um, if you can if you can throw your headphones in or if you're your PC or whatever, just chill and watch some football as a team. So, Well, perfect. I know I'm looking forward to that on Sunday. We'll have to give it a go. Thanks, yep. everybody, for listening. Uh, until next week, this is Steven and Eric signing off. Y'all have a great weekend. Talk to you soon. Hey, yo, man. Destiny to be, and niggas tryna take my life away. I put a hole in the 